Miranda Priestley. It's the cerulean sweater that you thought you just picked out of a box, but no, it was we masterminds. <laughs> Commodity futures can be a little bit like that. Miranda Priestley, you're not special, girl. Everybody does that. <laughs> So we're finally going to talk about futures. So we've got a thick grain market where everywhere around the world, every like one to three months, there's some region of the world that's popping out tons and tons of wheat, right? So how do we get that distributed all over the world? Maybe you have a region that harvests a lot of wheat and they keep it and they use it slowly over the year. Or maybe you're an export region. You exist Mm -hmm. to pop it out everywhere. And then maybe like eight months after your harvest and a couple months before your next one, you're like, oh, maybe it's time to import some wheat Mm -hmm. from one of these other regions. You're doing little like handoff, little musical chairs with your global wheat supply. Uh, (laughs) I love that imagery. Yeah. Depends on the region. Depends on the year. Sometimes it can be like we grow it here and we keep it here year round. Other places it can be like, well, we just export it all. And like, we don't have that many people. And Sometimes we export so much and we need to buy some back later. Either one can happen. Either are fine as long as people are getting fed. I want to be clear. I don't think grain exports are in themselves a bad thing. I think thick markets are great because, again, crop failures happen. Political disruptions happen. Mm -hmm. Wars should stop happening, but they haven't yet. Absolutely. Disruption should be expected, right? We're going to have climate problems. We're going to have, like, probably a lot more interruptions in the supply. Having a thick market is a good thing. Because that means if one region is not able to produce one time, the people who live there are not doomed to starve. So I think it's cool to have export markets for wheat and other grains that are there to act as a backup, right? And I think as we saw in this Ukrainian wheat crisis, uh, everybody panicked because they're like, oh no, now we're going to have to start planting more wheat in other places. And I'm like, there's already other places growing it. Just just wait a second. It's, it's coming. They're way ahead of you, actually. I love the idea that we now need to start growing wheat as like a backup because mm-hmm. it would still take time to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what was panicking. People's like, we have to start planting it now and then it'll take this many months. I'm like, people already grow at other places. <laughs> Thick market. Calm down. Calm. Shh. shh. Yeah. <laughs> the task is to move what's already around to the places it needs to go, right? So we kind of need some tools to help us figure out like, okay, where does it need to go? How do we make sure that we have enough? Grain is expensive to store. It can take up to 25% of its value per year to store. And wow. by the time it's been stored for four years, as a colleague in grain shipping said, she was like, after four years, you're really moving more into the insect protein space. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> to be clear, I've never been a hedge fund trader. I don't know what goes on at those lunches. Um, just <laughs> yeah, just coke. But like, just based on the behavior of what I'm seeing from a long distance, there was not a whole lot of critical thought about like, what is this actually worth? Are we in, are we forecasting future harvests? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to start rolling in pretty soon here. That did not seem to be occurring from mm-hmm. my vantage point. <laughs> so yeah, if we have any like thoughtful hedge fund traders out there who would like to tell a different story... You can find us at farmtotabor at gmail.com. But that was the vibe I got. It was just really panic slash euphoria driven speculation spiral, which I'm sure sounds really fun on the trading floor, but it has global ramifications. Uh-huh. Like Lebanon, for example, gets most of their wheat from Ukraine because it's like right next door, basically. So you remember that giant explosion in the port of Beirut from like 2020? Kind of. There's very dramatic videos circulating on social media. So speculation that was terrorism, it was not actually. They're just storing a bunch of fertilizer in their one big port handling facility. And it had been improperly stored for years and it finally exploded because that's what ammonium nitrate does. Yeah, it's what it does. So it finally happened. Lebanon had not had a chance to rebuild its bulk storage facility since that time. So 
they just don't have a whole lot of like places in that like they don't have silos because they're not a big wheat exporter why would they have a silo to like store the harvest uh-huh. they just had their one dock storage facility for most of the country so that thing blows up they don't have anywhere to store a big amount so they're just getting like small rapid fire shipments constantly from ukraine and then ukraine shuts down because russia blockaded the black sea yeah what the fuck do you do then well, wait, so they were storing fertilizer in the same silo that they were storing. It's just one big bulk handling facility, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. I, too, have questions, but that appears to be what happened. Seems unsafe. I don't think general. the fertilizer was supposed to be there. It was just kind of like, well, I'm going to go to somewhere. I don't know. If it was where it was supposed to be, it probably wouldn't have gone boom. You're probably feeling. right. You're probably right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, for example, Lebanon. So, they're buying... Short amounts. They're basically buying it on the spot market, right? Mm-hmm. So they're buying very small amounts and rapid turnover. They only have a little bit of storage area at the dock. So they're depending on, like, probably like weekly boats from Ukraine, maybe a couple a week, and then they shut down. Mm-hmm. Now, you can put grain on a boat in India or Australia and send it to Lebanon, but it's going to take a while to get there. Yeah. So what happens in the meantime? Ooh. Yeah. The price skyrockets yeah. for what's already there. It's not good. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, so Lebanon, like a lot of other countries in that region that are dependent on imports, use government programs to make sure that there's enough wheat supply in the country for people to buy. They'll often do some price supports for it. Uh-huh. So if the price goes up, that's not just people's pockets. That's also the government's budget. Mm-hmm. Thin air. Yeah. So that has consequences for national budgets, uh, just general national stability. So they're like, not just household budgets are at risk but like entire national budgets because of that not good so you have like political destabilization happening because of a bunch of cokeheads on wall street <laughs> can't count <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i shouldn't drug shame wall street <laughs> i think you should that's exactly who it is do your coke and have a good time just leave global futures markets out of it is my advice 